Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven Fulham podcast. We are now streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Come join me and my dad and my brother and the wonderful community that we have built. Discuss the team that we love and all the wonderful things that are a part of it. We appreciate you all endlessly for following us on this fantastic journey that we are so blessed to be a part of. But let's not waste any more time. Jack, you play that intro and come on. You are free from desire, mind and senses purified, free from desire, mind and senses purified, free from desire, mind and senses purified, free from desire. Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from Down Under. What a great intro we had as well. Thanks for that, Sammy. Finally got around to doing your intro. Oh, yeah. No, it was really overwhelming to hear it for the first time. (laughs) It's like like hearing the White Album for the first time. It's a little bit speechless, you know? He's up. It was just a bit of echo. Um, We're here today to discuss Fulham playing leads in the Premier League. All roads lead to Fulham as we return back to Craven Cottage. Here to discuss it, we have Elton. How are we going? I'm very well, thank you. I bet you that's what Jimi Hendrix said when he heard the White Album. Just a bit of echo. It's actually not wrong. Delay specifically uh, (laughs) 300 milliseconds. (laughs) And Sammy, how are we going today, Sammy? We're going good. We're going good. Um, uh, I'm I'm glad my Ableton prowess is getting the the highlight it deserves. But we're here to talk about football. For those following along on the live stream, uh, make sure you do give the podcast a listen for uh, the new intro that we've got from Sammy. And um, look, guys, we, we're coming off the back of a win, which is great to be able to discuss Fulham again off the back of three points. And we're coming into a game that um, looks incredibly winnable based on Leeds' recent form, uh, obviously back at home, back at Craven Cottage. And not just off the back of a win, but off the back of a performance that was really encouraging and good to see that we we have a plan B and that plan B actually works as well. Um, a real shame not to have Dan James available for this game considering uh, his performance last time round. Uh, but obviously against Leeds, Dan James, a Leeds player on loan to Fulham, so unable to play against his parent club. Um, we'll discuss the potential lineups going forward, but... Sammy, I'll start with you. Just give us your thoughts on this game and, you know, based on how the season's going so far, there's eight games left for us, seven left for Leeds. They're in a bit of a relegation scrap. How do you see this one panning out? Yeah, well, Leeds got spanked by Liverpool really, really recently. And um, uh, I did a little bit of prep work on them and I, I did not know that they had conceded about 60 goals plus and um, had one of the worst defensive records in the Prem at the moment. It, I think they actually have the worst. Um, it is the worst, by, by yeah. I think just by one goal ahead of Bournemouth. Mm, yeah. yeah. Exactly 60 conceded in 31 games. So yeah. basically an average of two goals a game so far this season. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, they're not they're not in a good spot. We we are in a good spot at the moment. Um, we're, I, I feel that... that um, I feel that the um, uh, how how do, how do you describe it? Like the the pain of Manchester has kind of dissolved, and um, we we've started seeing somebody new, 
and it seems to be working out really, really nicely. We've kind of moved on to this this new thing that showed a lot of promise last week. So yeah, it's a really interesting time to um, play leads. With that being said, though, I've I've had too many famous last words of underrating teams like these, and then uh, it comes to bite me in the ass. But one thing I will say is, I reckon if we can. Um, if we can score early and if they can concede early, then I think their heads will drop because every bit of evidence so far suggests that that's probably going to happen, but we have to do it first, you know? Yeah, uh, it's a good point there. And, um, Deb, before I hand over to you, I'll just read out the timings of this game. It's a slightly earlier start on Saturday, 12.30 p.m. in the U.K. It's a 7.30 p.m. kickoff over here in Western Australia, 9.30 p.m. for our friends on the East Coast. Uh, and in the US, a 4.30 a.m. Pacific start and a 7.30 a.m. Eastern start. Uh, so an earlier kickoff, which is wonderful for us international fans who struggle through the evenings to to be able to be in bed by 9 o'clock is going to be quite a joy, I think, which just shows my age. Um, <laughs> but, Dad, a really good point by Sam there. You know, we have come into the last few games really going, you know, we're playing a team miles down the table in a relegation scrap. We should be walking this. We saw against Bournemouth and West Ham that it, it's just not the case. Fortunately, we've bounced back against Everton and and not let that become a habit. Uh, do you feel like coming up against a Leeds team who've shipped now six against Liverpool and five against Crystal Palace in their last two games, 11 goals, do you feel like, it's potentially a bit of a tough one because there's going to be a fair bit of resolve there because there kind of has to be. Otherwise, the floodgates are completely open. It's very difficult to pick, isn't it? And, you know, let's go back just a couple of weeks, pardon me, where this Fulham side has had such a lot of success, must surely have just started to kind of doubt themselves a little bit in terms of their ability to turn this around. And even if they believe they 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 would eventually turn it around. No one could really point to when and how that would happen. And now that it has happened, and, and it's happened through, you know, a very different plan that has worked. That You can only imagine that there must be such a lot of excitement in the camp and relief to a degree that they've found a new formula and I reckon they're probably incredibly excited about going out to play football on the weekend. And we're mm. very, very fortunate that you'd be you'd be concerned if you if your next fixture was Man City after that Everton game, where you 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 tried a, a new formula and it worked, but now you you hadn't perfected it yet, and you had to come up against a really tough opposition, which which yeah. is sort of what happened at Brighton. We tried something yeah. different. We hadn't perfected it, and we they were a good team. And I, I feel like we got a little bit gun-shy having tried it against a very good team. It put us back in our box very quickly. They worked it out. They were technically good enough, play man for man, to shut us down very quickly. And even though that was potentially was, was always going to be an option for us, we, we didn't have the run of fixtures to give us the free space to actually go and do that at fairly low risk. And I think Leeds, as a follow-up to Everton, notwithstanding the fact that they should be 
they, sh they should be really coming at us and scrapping for their lives. They're not doing well. They just had it got smacked by Liverpool and we've got something really working for us. I think that's a very difficult fixture for them. Go on, Sammy. I was about to say, we just sound like real proper journalists right now. We're getting good at this. No, you know, it's sounding, no, no, sounding no. real and, smooth. And, and, but, yeah, but you add to that the fact that we get to do this at home, um, you know, in our very safe space at Craven Cottage with the fans behind. The fans will be so buoyant. You only have to look at Twitter all week to see and, and, and smell and taste the relief the group relief from fans. Oh, thank God we're back to winning ways. It feels good again. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it is it is a tough one, and we, we're starting to understand how tough it is. We did talk about it a while ago, the fact that we're coming up against these sides in a relegation scrap and how you really just don't know what you're walking into. Um, and, you know, it's it just speaks to the the state of the Premier League at the moment where we're walking into a game against Leeds who've lost 5-1 and then 6-1 and still fractionally wary about what kind of Leeds we're going to face and we're playing at home against a team who've conceded 11 goals in two games and still going oh this might be a pretty tough game I'm not 100% sure about it um it, it speak although we're not in a relegation scrap it it speaks to the quality of the Premier League and the fact that we are still worried about these teams who are languishing down the table a bit um uh and to I, your point as well that you make about the the sort of style and the tactics that we're now playing with without Mitchell in the team and you made the point about it at Brighton and how it sort of worked but I wouldn't say it 100% worked the the one thing that we can see now is that we've got a plan b and we we've kind of forced to stick with that plan b as well because of the absence of Mitro for an extended period of time, we're going to be able to work on this plan. And I really hope we take this into next season as well, mm. assuming that Mitro will still be with us next season. It'll be great to be able to sign a player who we now know will fit into the system. So a striker who is not necessarily physically um, dominant, but someone who's potentially very quick, and maybe quite skillful and actually good at passing rather than finishing, um, and maybe go into the transfer market and find someone who suits this style now because we we realise that it, it can actually work against teams in the Premier League. Um, it, it's yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this summer and seeing if we actually explore that a little bit further, and I hope we do because I think it adds another dimension to Fulham going forward. It's also worth noting as well that um, I think there are way more young players knocking around that can contribute to that style than uh, Mitrovic style. I mean, we've seen with Vinicius and just how hard it is to find somebody else who can replicate that boisterous, bouncy, um, uh, like um, really hassling defenders player that isn't upwards of like 60 mil. Yeah, I mean, there's... Go on, Dad. Yeah, I think the other thing to articulate without murdering this point, because we seem to be talking about it quite a lot, but I think there's two parts of this, isn't there? Um, it's easy to be critical of what happened at Brighton and Brighton reacted well and shut us down and didn't allow us to play that system. But I think in fairness to Bobby Decadover-Reed, who was given the job up front at Brighton, the, the the rest of the team or the midfielders 
didn't actually support him. They didn't execute very well and deliver the ball to him. And what was really encouraging to see beyond the concept of that style of play, we actually delivered the ball to Dan James yeah. most of the time. And that means it begins to mean that if the concept works and the rest of the team can play well to that uh, structure, now you've got the freedom and ambition to go and find better versions of that, like the way I worked that in. But, um, but, but you can, you know, because there's, there's no certainty that Dan James will stay. I mean, I've already booked his Uber. But um, there's no there's no certainty that he will stay, um, and I think to be fair, if you wanted to have that style of football, as Sam said, there's probably many options that could fit. Mm. But we've now we've we've actually at least played our first hand in demonstrating that we can actually serve service that style. Yeah, and it's it's a very different style, and so it'll take a bit of adapting, and, and maybe it's the kind of thing where in summer we actually bring in another central midfielder who works better with that style than um, than Harrison Reed did, which is weird to say because Harrison Reed had a really great game, but maybe your wingers are very slightly different. Maybe uh, BDR doesn't actually fit that system very well, and so he's better suited when Mitro's playing, and there's there's a little bit more fluidity within the squad, which I think is what you need in the Premier League. We've Agreed. kind of got away with having a great first half of the season, and as teams start to work us out in the second half of the season, we're finding it a lot harder. So I actually think, even though the way that this has been forced upon us hasn't been ideal, it's actually going to work in our favour in the long run, which is is perfect for us, really. It's forced our hand a little bit, and I think that's actually going to be really beneficial, especially going into summer and going into next season, knowing where we're going to be next season. Um, let's have a quick look at the last five games for both sides. So obviously Fulham with the one win against Everton and then the four losses there, um, the West Ham, Bournemouth, Man United and Arsenal losses. Um, Leeds, pretty tough, uh, tough going for them at the moment. They had the 6-1 loss against Liverpool the other night, uh, lost 5-1 to Crystal Palace the week before. They did get a 2-1 win in a very important game against Nottingham Forest a couple of weeks ago. They got spanked 4-1 by Arsenal, but again, that's uh, nothing to to really look into that deeply because we know how good Arsenal are this year. And then they beat Wolves 4-2. Now, just having a quick look at that across their last five games, uh, what have we got? 15, 16, 17, 18 goals conceded in the last five games. Now, admittedly, Fulham have also struggled with, with goals conceded, although you'd say... Two of those at Man United were with nine men on the field, and the three against Arsenal were just could have been seven. Um, but there does seem to be an issue there, and Sam brought it up earlier where Leeds concede goals. We saw it against them earlier this season when we beat them 3 2. Um, their defence is paper thin, and it feels like it can be completely broken down very quickly. Also, I'm I'm really reluctant to like call out specific players because again, these people are more talented than I'll ever be. But from what I can, from the highlights I've seen, their goalkeeper is crap. Like I don't know who their goalkeeper is, but he's not good at all. Well, it's an interesting point. His name's um, I think it's pronounced Melier. Melier yes. No. No. Something. Yeah. Yeah. No. You're um, right. Yeah. He is a very, very highly regarded keeper. Um, yeah. But so is Larice. He, he sucks. I know he he's only twenty three. 
He's the youngest keeper, I believe, to have um, made a hundred appearances in the Premier League. Mm. Um, and you know, he's he's seen as the future of the French national team as their goalkeeper. Um, he's definitely not having a good season, but again, I don't think you can fully put it down to his ability. Mm. I think the defence in front of him have been really leaky this season. And just watching the the Liverpool highlights and the Crystal Palace highlights, um, it's there's a lot of ball watching happening from the defence. There's yeah. very little structure. You watch Fulham's defence and they keep a really solid line and everyone knows where each other is at all times. You watch the Leeds defence and it's, it's all over the place. It's zigzagging around. Players just not picking up runners. Um, you know, people were queuing up in that Liverpool game. And admittedly, Liverpool are a very good team, but they were queuing up to score. And, mm. you know, um, it, it took it, half an hour for Liverpool to get their first goal, but they were quite wasteful in that game. And Liverpool, uh, Leeds effectively conceded six goals in 40 minutes, I think it was, or, or 50 minutes. Um, so, like you said, the floodgates can really open. Mm. I'm not sure if you like if you're like well versed in your Leeds knowledge um, at all, Jack. But isn't there isn't there Captain Cooper their main defender? And I'm not sure if he's actually been dropped or if he's injured right now. But um, a, a couple of I think I was listening to Talksport and they were they were talking about how like Leeds are just seriously lacking in leadership. And I'm not I'm not sure if it's like a bit of a Tom Canny situation where he can't just fight himself in the side or if he's actually injured or not. But uh, honestly, not a hundred percent sure. He's only played fourteen times this season. Mm. Um, but again, when your defense is as shaky as Leeds' defense is this season, you look at um, their defenders who featured this year. You got Ailing at right back and Furpo at right back. Um, the only players who've really played every game in defense is Robin Koch, who's a, a German defender, centre back. Um, Pascal Stroik has played most of the games, but uh, Liam Cooper, Luke Ayling, Junior Firpo, Rasmus Christensen, none of them have played more than 20 games this season. Um, mm. And when you're 31 games into a season so far and your defence is changing as much as theirs is, it does cause some issues because you just don't have that consistency. And we see it when Fulham have played that back four and been very consistent with that back four the results improve massively. Uh, the fact that Leeds haven't worked out who their best back four is yet is definitely contributing to their poor form. Um, let's pop forward a fraction and have a look at the table and where everything sits at the moment. So I've just decided to show the bottom half of the table here just so that we can see um, Leeds' position in relation to Fulham. Um, like we said, Leeds really struggling in the relegation fight uh, 31 games played, 29 points. They're two points ahead of Everton and Forest, who sit in that final relegation spot. Uh, they've got four points on Leicester, who are on 25 points, and they have six points on Southampton, who look like they're probably dead and buried at the moment. Uh, above them, West Ham have 31 points and a game in hand. Bournemouth on 33 points, Wolves on 34, and then there's a little bit of a gap to Palace on 36 and Chelsea on 39. Um, Fulham sitting on 42 points, looking pretty good at the moment. Um, the the benefit there as well is we do have uh, a game in hand over Brentford, who are just the one point ahead of us. So there is the possibility that we do jump Brentford in the coming weeks. Uh, I'd say Liverpool, Brighton and Aston Villa are probably too far ahead of us now. Uh, Liverpool and Brighton both have 
games in hand over us and have five and seven points ahead of us. So I think we're probably a little bit too far away to be chasing those European spots at the moment. Um, you never know. Well, you do never know. I mean, you're going to run a games <clears throat> if we win every game for the rest of the season, which is tough to do, but not out of the question because anything can happen. Aston uh, Villa being in the middle. Yeah. Well, Aston, I mean, if you yeah. look at Aston Villa's recent form, they've won their last five games um, and they've done it pretty comfortably. And it's off the back of Ollie Watkins being in mm. just ridiculous form. I think like we talked about last time, he's picked up 11 goals in his last 13 games or something crazy. Like It might even be more than that. Um, but I think for us, the, the fact that Liverpool are in good form, Brighton are in good form, Villa are in good form, it probably means at best we'd be looking at ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think unless Chelsea somehow really turn it around before the end of the season, we're probably unlikely to fall um, lower than, let's say, 11th maybe. So I, I think we're getting to the point now where we're starting to see where we're going to finish in the in the ladder. Yeah, my, my point was more um, before Aston Villa decided to just completely turn their season around um, between uh, us, Liverpool, like Brian Brentford, that it seemed a lot more tight kind of thing. But now that Aston Villa's in the mix, yeah, I think that completely kicks us out, which is sad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is it is a shame. But at the same time, it's not exactly like um, we, we're having a terrible season or that 10th spot isn't a really good finish at the, at the same time. Totally. Um, Dad, looking at the table there, you know, we've seen Bournemouth, West Ham and Everton in the last few weeks. We're, we're getting a pretty good run here. Do you feel like we should be making more of our opportunity at the moment? Well, we look, we clearly should have done better against Bournemouth, and that was a missed opportunity. But unfortunately, and it is it is about when you meet these teams, isn't it? But but ha- having said that, we had a good start to the season. We met some what ought to be on paper or and and, and based on history. Um, what ought to be um, tougher games were probably, you know, lucky games for us. We picked up some points against mm. some sides who have now started to come through. And so, look, we I'd say that the, we missed out on three points at Bournemouth, which probably would really make quite a difference to us right now. You know, if we right, were so on 45 we missed out points, at West Ham as well. Yeah, okay. Okay, six points really. Um but I I'm I'm reasonably confident, I'm optimistic about how things are going to progress over the next few weeks. Um and that that means that the, I was thinking before when we were talking about oh you never know who you're gonna meet, leads are in could be in up for a scrap. Yeah, you know, we're at the end of the season now where Teams, if they were going to suddenly turn their fortunes around, like Aston Villa have, will probably have done that already. And I mm. think the teams who ought to be fighting for their lives can easily have a bit of a glass jaw and one solid punch early in the game and the heads go. They should react. They should come out fighting. But it's a very psychological kind of battle they're fighting. And I think you can be pumped up and prepared and rah, 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 and you come out and a couple of things go against you early. And I think those sort of teams become 
relatively easy to deal with. I, I know that's all talk, but that tends to be the way that sporting encounters go. I think you actually make make a pretty good point there, though, Dad. Um, and from from what I've seen, I think um, I actually think leads are going to go down this season. Uh, I know I know that there's there's still a couple points clear, but I think Everton are going to flirt with that relegation line. I don't think they're going to go down, and I think Leicester actually have it in them to get out of the relegation um, zone just purely because they actually. Like, even though they're not playing well, they still have a desire about them. Like, like whenever they play, like they never really drop their heads the same way that Leeds do, which is not a nice thing to say about another club. But mm. um, yeah, I, I think Leicester are in a lot of trouble there. Um, mm. You know, we don't know if Everton, Leeds, West Ham, Forest are going to pick up enough points to be safe themselves. But I just think. At this point of the season, when there's seven games remaining, a Leicester, realistically, you probably need 34, 30, maybe 36 points to be safe. So Leicester need four wins from their remaining seven games. That's um, not easy. I mean, one of them easy. is against us, and they'd probably be looking at that game going, that's a game we need to win. Um, the the one thing about West Ham, for example, is they've I think they've got the worst run of all. Um I think before the Fulham game, they'd only won one game away all season. And the home games they had coming up were something stupid like Arsenal, Man United and Man City and Liverpool or something like that. You're on mute there, Dad. Sorry. But um, they, they they had a really rough run and I think they're going to struggle to pick up enough points to be safe, especially if they play anything like they played against us. Um, what were you trying to say there, Dad? What, you mean through my muted button? Um, They've got a really tough run in, West Ham. Mm. And Mm. I I think I'd be seriously worried. And thinking back at at how they were awful. Mm. Remember, that was an own goal, really unlucky own goal. Didn't look like scoring. They were awful. And if you think about the number of points, they've got to get themselves to call it 40 points. They need three more wins from from eight games, and most of those games are against very, very tough opposition. Mm. Really hard for them. Really hard. And, you know, the other thing you're looking at, if if you dropped, let's say you hypothetically dropped, I don't know, Brighton or Liverpool into into 19th position, even 20th right now, and you'd say, oh, they need four wins. Those guys, with the worst form in the world, they've got enough magical players to individually win games on their own, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And if you look at that bottom, those bottom five teams, mm, there's not really that kind of capacity there. So that's that's tough. Thank God a, we're not there. You made a good point with um, uh, West Ham that kind of just sparked a little thing in my head as well. But because West Ham actually have a side that realistically – a lot of them will probably be sold and maybe like the next year or two. Do you reckon um, like a lot of those players have just basically checked out and they've just gone, well, I reckon I'm probably going to be picked up by somebody else now. I, I wouldn't have thought so because they, you know, they, there's bonuses attributed to staying up. There's win yeah, bonuses. True. There's all sorts of stuff going on. I don't think there's many people who have fully checked out, even if they know they're not going to be there next season. Um, let's, Keep it Fulham-based, though, guys, and have a look at the potential lineup for this week. So, like I said before, we're obviously going to be without Dan James 
who started last week. So I've um, tried to put together a rough lineup of how I think Fulham might go. Um, I've gone with Leno in goal. I think across the back four, I'd, I reckon we might see the return of Diop. I think Tosin's had a bit of a run of games, and this game just seems like it's probably made more for Diop. I think his physicality would probably win out, even though Tosin had an absolute dream of a game. It could also be an opportunity to give Tim Ream a bit of a rest. So be interesting across those um, two central defenders. I think for most of the season, we've quite comfortably said that our best back two is Ream and Diop, and it feels like it's almost shifting a bit to Tosin, and we're definitely not missing Diop in the last few games, especially against Everton. Tosin was outstanding. But I expect we'll still see Robinson and Tete playing left and right back. Um, across the defensive midfield, or the central defensive down, or whatever Sam called it. Um, centre down, centre down midfield. Centre down midfield. Centre down um, midfield. I expect we'll see Polina and Reed again. Um Again, I wouldn't be overly surprised if Reed got rested for this game, but I think off the back of a good performance, we'd be earmarking this Leeds game as as a very winnable one, and we'd probably want to put out our best 11. Uh, I expect Pereira will stay central, and I think we'll see Willian and Wilson both start on the wings again. Um, up front, it's a bit of a toss-up for me between uh, Deckard over Reed and Solomon. I think Solomon's probably got that little bit of extra pace over Deckard over Reed. And if we're going to play a similar system to the one we played for Dan James, I'd expect we'll see Solomon start up front. Um, again, it could easily be Deckard over Reed who takes that position, but I think Deckard over Reed's performance against Brighton didn't fill me with an awful lot of hope of having him as our starting centre forward or false nine or shadow striker or whatever you want to call it. I think BDR is a brilliant winger. And I like the idea of being able to bring him on late in a game to replace Willian or Wilson and add a bit of zip to the game again. I just, I'm not sure if he worked as a striker for me. Um, Dad, your thoughts on the lineup and any potential changes to what I've put forward there? I got a feeling that, um, I, I've got a feeling that, that Marcus Silva will love the fact that the, you know, the dynamic between Diop and Tosin has finally come to fruition and there's a genuine uh, rotation option for him there. And I, mm. and I think he might just persist with Tosin, who probably needs the confidence of a few runs, a few games to really sort of solidify his place um, if that's in doubt. Because I think he's a really – he's a real confidence-based player – so I think you'd almost give him another game against a weak opposition where he can continue to dominate and kind of go into that last half dozen games of the season really confident, itching to go against a Diop that you can bring in at any time and he'd probably do a very reliable job for you. So, And I, I'd be supportive of that because I think, I think um, he's in cracking form at the moment, so I think you let him off the chain and, and, and do that. Reed, <clears throat> boy, if anyone looks like he needs a rest, with every blow that he <laughs> cops to his legs and every cork, he just looks like he's a moment away from getting stretched off. And, you know, it's just like he looks like he's at breaking point with his body because he's actually put in such a shift over the whole season. And you feel like you really, really want to give him a rest. But 
I think he and Polinia work so well together. You don't want to mess with it. Not not that Lukic is not a really great option, but it works very well, and it is the guts of what what's been really effective midfield for us. And I, I think he keeps his position. If he can if he can put one foot in front of the other, I think he keeps his position. Um, look, I know that Wilson. I think I think Bobby Decadover Reed kind of had his go up front. And even though I think there were a lot of mitigating circumstances as to why he wasn't going to be successful at Brighton, I think we've seen what he's done and it didn't go that well and it probably doesn't augur that well for him. The other man who was potentially touted for that false nine role was Wilson. But Wilson, having suddenly now come back to form on what is his best position, clearly, on the wing. Um, I don't think you move him. I think he starts. I think you leave him where he is. And, you know, he, he has obviously been really down on confidence. And last week would have absolutely filled him with confidence. So I don't think he messed with that. And it's, it is a question of if it's not Solomon, who, who else might it be? It can't be Vinny. No, no disrespect, but it can't be him. It could be BDR. It could be Harris. But I think that's probably an even bigger risk. It, it, it's probably not that high a risk to give him a go, but I don't really know that he's that sort of player either. He, he's probably more that player than Vinny is. I mean, the other option is do you bring in Vinny and maybe adapt the game even more to actually suit what Vinny does? Um, maybe I don't, we... I don't think... I don't think we've. I think we've proven to be a little bit fragile in our ability to d- adapt. And having just mastered it last week, why would you mess with it again and ask yeah. us to prove prove uh, Plan C prove that we can still think, do it? Yeah, you know, my, I think there's my... some improvement. There's there's some improvement there from both sides, from the service um, delivery as well as for you know just exactly how that man runs and how we service him. No, you got you got finish. Well, it, it's it is a shame that Dan James, having done well, has to be swapped out, but that's just what we're living with because those those two pieces need to move together, and it would have been nice for him to have another go at actually perfecting um the formula. Um, and maybe he comes back next week. Who who are we playing next week? Uh Villa. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not gonna be an easy game. So it'd be. Um, I, I I think it is Solomon. I'd like it to be Solomon. I, I I've yet to see Solomon kind of make those runs and try and get in behind defenders. I don't know if you can do that. I don't, I don't even know. He, he he's got a very quick turn of pace, but over you know thirty, forty, fifty yards. Um, I'm not sure how quick he is. I believe oh, he's we saw the, Brighton, than, the Brighton oh, goal. I, I believe he's quicker goal. than Usain Bolt. Oh, not that again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you, too right. You did. He, he, is, he is quick. He is quick. So there's no reason why he couldn't do that. Mm. Um, it's an interesting point you bring up. The next games coming up, we do have what actually now looks like a pretty tough run of games after this Leeds game. So it is really important we pick up the points here because um, from here we play Aston Villa on Tuesday night. Very very close turnaround, which even though we're playing the early game on Saturday, to play Villa then on Tuesday again 
um, is going to be pretty tough considering the form they're in. Then we've got Man City on Sunday um, and then Liverpool on the Wednesday after that. So um, what's that? In literally 8, 9, 10, 11 days, we've got four games. Three of them are against the teams currently sitting in uh, 6th, 2nd and 8th. But it is a race. It is a race to get this formula as well worked as possible. And this is our last chance against the weak Mm. opposition. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. If we've got it working pretty well and we've got maybe Solomon and James really well versed in the position, you could see, you know, Dan James starts against Villa and then if it doesn't work, you bring Solomon on pretty low risk. Also, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but um, genuinely, the only reason why we didn't um beat City, which is crazy to say, is because we had um a relatively underconfident Vinicius up front. So I don't know. I don't know if the stars can align and we can get another red card out of City. But if we've got a well worked system. That's a really interesting game. Oh, I think I could I'd yeah, I probably happy to write that far, one off. <laughs> Let me dream. Let me I'm dream. I'm happy yeah. to write that one off pretty early. There's a lot uh, of stars after a line, I think. Yeah. I reckon I could almost record the podcast now for three weeks' time, <laughs> get ahead of schedule a little bit. Um, <laughs> let's have a quick look at Leeds. Now, this is how they lined up in the last game. Um, slightly, I've made a, one little adjustment here, which is what a lot of the Leeds fans were asking for and I think what we we're likely to see on the weekend. Uh, in goal, we have uh, Melier, across the back, Christiansen, Koch, Struik, and Furpo. Um, across the defensive midfield, we've got Weston McKenney and uh, Rocker. Then we have Harrison, Aronson, and Sinistera. And then uh, I've gone with Notto up front. Uh, he's a, a young French striker, very, very well thought of. Um, he uh, is a good eye for goal. And I've seen a lot of Leeds fans crying out for him and saying, why on earth are we not playing him up front when he's one of our best players? Um, didn't, didn't he play a little bit, uh, a few minutes against us? Yeah, I think so from memory. I'm trying yeah, to... I think, he, I think he did. I think he, he did. did I think I, he looked, I seem to remember looked him. pretty handy as well. Yeah, he did look handy. Yeah. Um, Sinistera from um, memory. Like, uh, Sinistera is pretty dangerous. Like, yeah. Uh, he didn't play against us. You're thinking of Crescenzio Somerville, who Somerville. is also not getting a start in this side, who's a very handy player. But it's what, we're seeing yeah. from, um, it's what we're seeing from Leeds at the moment. There's there's not much stability. They're picking a different team almost every week. So I feel like this is an opportunity for us to potentially um, walk away with a, a, a similar sort of victory to the Everton game where we dominate throughout, hopefully. And I, I do think, as you know, Sam did touch on it before, I feel like Leeds have the ability to just completely crumble. Once you score that first goal, and you saw it against Liverpool, Liverpool waste, were wasteful. But as soon as Liverpool scored that first goal, it all turned to shit, to put it pretty simply. Um, they It was nil-nil after 34 minutes, and... 2-0 within 10 minutes at half time and then by the 70th minute it was 5-0 uh, or 5-1 sorry they they did Leeds did strike back but the only reason Leeds scored a goal was cuz of some really poor defensive work and a real bad error from I think it might have been Fabinho 
just gave the ball away to a Leeds player on the edge of the box who had a one-on-one and just had to finish from there. Leeds, and Sinistera almost missed it. He chipped the keeper and just snuck in the post. Um, it's it's going to be a really interesting game. I'm personally hopeful that we do put in a similar sort of game style that we saw against Everton, but just with a few extra little tweaks because I think it, it looked really good. And we had some really good movement. We created some really good chances. But I think there's still a little bit of tweaking to do. Uh, one positive for this weekend is the return of Marco Silva to the dugout. He's served his two-game ban. I believe that means he'll be back for this game. I'm not 100% sure on that. I think that's right, though. Um, so, you know, obviously we saw with Boa there, he still did a very good job. But I think having Silva on the sideline and the passion that he adds to to the game and the the ability to just quickly send messages out to the players and understand the way we move uh, is is going to be a, a big boost for us as well. So I'm really hopeful that that actually pushes us over the line here. Um, so guys, I think we, we're actually flying through this episode for once, which is wonderful. Uh, so to finish up uh, a little earlier than usual, we have cottage cheese, and it's a bit of a change this week because Sam has one job and he didn't do it. No, I'm not having this. I'm not having this actually, because I was. I said I was ready to get one done, and Dad was like, "Oh, I've got one." So I was like, "No, you know what? I I like the idea that somebody else can contribute to this." So I've graciously, I've graciously allowed this to happen. Cop, cop out, cop out. <laughs> But I, I think, did an intro, right? <laughs> you, you did but do I an think, intro. I'll give you that. Uh, you I shouldn't just before a podcast be going, yeah, I can do one if you want. But one no, job, I do that every one week. Job. I do that one every job. week. And then I got one this. job. Oh, Dad, uh, what do you got for yeah. us? Well, um, it's a little bit of a reprise on something we've sort of done before and it's a variation on a theme but it's you know similar in style um and and the concept here is that um there's been a bit of a shake-up of the executive at Fulham not that Alistair's likely to lose his job but a, a senior exec has has left or had his has been cut from the uh the team there's a bit of a ticket prices have been been made crazy and all of a sudden everyone's lost their jobs is that what kind of world would that be is that megalomania, Tony Khan getting up to no good again? I, I'm not hypothesizing on anything at all, Jack, but who <laughs> knows? You know, there's been an uprising. There's been, uh, they've suggested the fans oh. can eat cake and it's all gone gone to shit. Something anyway. ridiculous, like a 3,000 pound ticket or something that would just never possibly happen in football. That's right. And a few people have lost their job. Senior people have lost their job. But what, what's actually happened has caused a bit of a walkout. And there's a whole bunch of people in key roles that have left at Fulham. And so suddenly we find ourselves with five uh, pretty key roles to fill. And um, they're going to have to be filled on a part-time basis by some of the players out of the squad. Okay. Um, So so the the first um, position that's up for grabs is the uh, head of the, uh, the academy, and there two names have been put forward, and one is uh, Tosin Adrobayo, and the other one is Harry Wilson. And who are we going for? Who gets a second interview? Tosin. A hundred percent, and I'll tell you why. Tosin firstly has swag, 
and would definitely um, be He's able to... He's hit with the kids. He is hit with the kids. I don't know if you know, but Tosin actually has a YouTube channel or a TikTok. I can't remember exactly what it is. But Tosin uh, is into collecting football stickers. Oh, nice. I love that. Guarantee that man would be a lord amongst those 16 and 17-year-olds who's spending half of his salary every week on buying football stickers. Who who is the, who is the other option? Who is the other option? Harry Wilson. Harry Wilson. Oh yeah, they bully Harry Wilson, wouldn't they? Um, he does have school I, teacher vibes though. I I I'm going to pick Tosin. Not lit, not I genuinely think Harry Wilson would probably be a better coach, but you cannot tell me that they wouldn't just bully the living shit out of Harry Wilson. Like he's not like he doesn't he doesn't command that like I see him, I'd be like, all right, guys, come on, like, let's do some drills. And they'd be like, nah, go away. We don't like you, Harry. We want to play with Tozen and his cards. Okay. In- in- interesting perspective. I didn't think that would actually get that much. Uh, it's the beauty um, of cottage cheese. It just, it just yeah, 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 yeah. Now, this, this one's really concerning because it's a core part of the medical team. and um, But, you know, um, not the physios or the doctors or the the you know the rub down specialist that you think of but it's actually the club psychologist and uh who who are we going to give this role to and there's two people that um have put their name down and their hand up one's Jao Polinia and the other one's Alexander Mitrovic. Oh oh my God. Oh. <laughs> I mean oh I would hate God. to be in Mitro's head. So <laughs> I would hate for him to tell me what's going on in my head. So it's got to be Polinia for me just to avoid uh, a therapy session with Nitro. Actually, there's Terrifying. A fan- there is a fantastic... I'm not sure if you guys follow Jao Polinia on Instagram because I obviously do. And there is a fantastic picture of Jao Polinia in a cream tight yep. w- turtleneck. It's, it's sensational. It's one of my favorite pictures of all time. And just based on that picture alone, I, I will trust Jao Polinia with, with, my, with my secrets and shame. Yeah, it's more that I don't think I don't think anyone would be comfortable opening up to Mitro. He's too terrifying. <laughs> okay, um, now we've got uh, something a little bit more homogenous or generic. Um, Fulham community relations. Uh, Pereira or Kenny Tete? Oh, I'm going Kenny mm. Tete. Kenny Tete's likable man. Not to say that Pereira isn't, but like. Ken- Kenny Tete is hilarious. Have you seen like many like press conferences or interviews with him? He's 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 delightful. He's delightful. I I, yeah. I, I so uh, I'm thinking uh, skills of diplomacy here could be Tete for me. I just couldn't Tete, say no man of the man of the people. I couldn't say no to Tete with anything. I could say like oh, if Pereira go. if Pereira wanted to like raise tax or something like that, I'd be like, come on. Where if Kenny Tete was like, all right, it's going up to like twelve percent, I'd be like, are oh, you? <laughs> yeah, right. Man of the okay. people, nothing gets past him. Again, the next next but last one is um, maybe not that important, but I think highly important. Um, head chef at Motspur Park, Anthony Robinson or Issa Diop? I don't know why, but I just see Issa Diop just being a phenomenal chef. I don't know why. He's French. He's French. Well, there you go. Yeah, that, no, no, that totally rings true. I can see, um, like, Anthony Robinson in a 
like chef's hat, just looking confused. And I don't, I don't want him near sharp objects. I'm going with Diop because I reckon you'd save on hair nets through the season. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and the final one is, and you might think this is unimportant. The other ones seem like fairly high profile jobs, but every week, home or away, the team arrive in the team coach. And sadly, one of Alistair's best mates is the, the coach bus driver. So he's got to be replaced. Okay. Right. And we're going with two options. We've got either Tim Ream or Carlos Vinicius. Can I ask what happened to the previous bus driver? Did they like take him out the back shed and were like, yeah, we, we love you, but it's it's your time now? Or was it just like a polite? No, he walked. He okay? walked. Oh, he walked. He walked. He walked in disgust. Oh. He, he walked, walked in, in disgust. disgust. Oh, oh wow. Three thousand dollar ticket prices. That changes everything. All right. So if he walked out in disgust, I'm going Tim Ream. If we like casually just kind of went, no, it's 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 not you, it's me, and then just kind of just put him down like an old dog, then I would pick like Vinicius because I would like to see Vinicius. You know how like when somebody like old at your work um leaves and then they get like a, a new person with like energy kind of like replacing that. That's yeah, that's that that would well, be my reason. Remember this guy, this guy's got it's my answer. Behind closed doors, this guy's got the whole squad in his bus uh on the way to Man City. He gets to choose the music, he gets to choose the vibe, he can toot to the crowd, he can wind the, the team up, he can get you know, I'm going yeah, I'm going Carlos Vinicius, you know. Yeah, I've I've changed my answer. It's a solid Carlos Vinicius because like, I love Tim Ream, but like I don't really want him thinking about other things before the game. And also as well, uh, like I'm not like I love him, but I'm not sure how much fun he is, whereas Vinicius looks fun. Oh, Tim Ream is fun. I guarantee halfway through the trip, he'd pull his hair down out of his man bun and give it a big shake, and he'd be in party mode all of a sudden, and the bangers would be flying out through the bus. Yeah, but I see like Vinicius. Tim Ream, like, safe as houses. I, I want nothing... Nothing more than to see Tim Ream with his arms spread two meters wide trying to drive on the big bus wheel. I think I'd love to see that. It's all Tim Ream. I find it really hard to believe that somebody from Minnesota or Kansas or wherever, like Tim Ream's from, I can't actually remember, is more fun than somebody who regularly goes to Carnival. <laughs> uh, anyway, that is your cottage cheese. Your daily source of protein. Oh, it's good stuff. Love a bit of cottage I'm cheese. Glad, glad we had someone able to do a cottage cheese for us today. I'm not um, having this. I'm not having this. I have that's... one. I have one ready to go. You'll get it next week. Well, that was a, maybe... that was a wonderful addition to the I cottage wonder cheese. if you'll have it Shut ready up. for next week. Shut up. <laughs> that was a wonderful addition to the cottage cheese family. We appreciate that endlessly, Dad. Don't listen to Jack. I had enough of this slander. Your next one is going next week. It's particularly ridiculous. I'm looking forward to it. And you should too. You should tune in next week on the That's a Craven Form podcast. Well, fingers crossed it will be ready for next week, Sammy. Um, <laughs> right, guys, we have managed to cover off the game against Leeds. Uh, say this every week, but I am really looking forward to this one. It's nice to come into a game off the back of a win 
it's good to be back at the cottage. I think we've got a bit of a rough run after this one. So uh, this is looking like it's going to be a very important three points for us, hopefully. Um, and again, I'm, I'm actually excited knowing that we are making changes and looking at doing things slightly differently makes this upcoming game even more exciting because I think I, I'd like to see what we do because we have to make changes again. And um, it seems like we're being a little bit more fluid than we have been previously. So I think it's going to be a really good game on the weekend. I think Leeds are going to be up for it. So it's really important that Fulham start well. Um, so fingers crossed for a good performance and three points that goes with it. So, guys, before we wrap up, Sammy, a big thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me outside of all the slander and attacks. It was, it was lovely to be here. Yeah, let's see if you can be prepared for next week. And Dad, thank you for joining us. Yeah, um, I'm pleased to be back. And I had a meeting with uh, legal counsel this afternoon, and he's asking for uh, best contact details for you both. <laughs> uh, we've uh, already settled out of court. We're all good. Um, a big thank you again to everyone who's been supporting us uh, over the last 51 episodes now. It's really appreciated to... To all of you who download the podcast, who join in on the live streams, who comment on our posts, who engage with us on Twitter, we really do appreciate it. And uh, we hope that you can continue to do so as well because we want to keep this going for as long as possible and uh, especially to finish out this season with a bit of a bang. So a big thank you to everyone again. And until next time, come on, you whites. <laughs>